We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good evening. What is going on out there, IB Nation? It is IB Nation after dark. Yeah, and, you've always uh, been wanting to say that. You've I love been it, wanting man. to say that for so long. You do love it saying is, that. Just makes me feel really good inside. I don't know yes. why. It's the yes. little things, Brian. But uh, no, we it. are we're sitting here on a on a Tuesday. It's Tuesday, right? Yeah, Tuesday evening, and Notre Dame's three and zero. And you had to remind me of this. Uh, when we started talking about the show, that Notre Dame is a quarter through their schedule yeah, already. Finished quarter one that, this weekend. Yeah, like mind blown because it's like we wait and we wait and we wait for the season to start, and it's already three games in. Yeah. Like it, we're twenty five percent through the regular season. Yeah, gosh, it's it's a yeah. little depressing. I'm not gonna lie, it's a little depressing knowing that they're twenty five percent through, but at the same time, they're unscathed twenty five percent through, and so. Obviously, we are uh, we're going to talk about that, and I just been around, been doing this for a long time, Brian. You've been doing it a long time. I've been doing it a long time. We've been fans been doing for it longer than even I longer. Yeah, yeah, well, that's true from a professional standpoint. You've been on yeah. the beat longer than yeah. I have. Yeah, and it's amazing to me. You know, you have a team who's ranked in the top ten. They're three and zero. They have mightily outscored their opponents. Uh, no game was in doubt at the end, obviously. And yet there's still people out there that just aren't happy people when it comes yeah. to the game football. And I it just, it blows my mind. It just makes me think like, I just don't know if they're ever happy. I like, I wanted to yeah. like, knock on their door on their wedding day and be like, yeah. are you sure you're happy? Like, well, you know. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There's a lot of context needed in some of this conversation, Vince. And, and I'll, I'll be honest, perhaps it's not as many people as, as, as it seems but even on the message board, like you expect that on Twitter because Twitter's just toxic. Wow. And so you expect yeah, that kind of, cool. you know, like, hey, I feel like just saying dumb things. Where can I go to do that where everyone else <laughs> is saying dumb things? Mm, Twitter. Yeah. You know, or, or or it's even a dumber name now. It's just X. 
Right. It's just like, could you make Twitter even dumber? Yeah, let's call yeah. it X. Yeah, hold my beer. And, yeah, exactly. You know, but, but even some and, – and from some people on the message board that I think are good posters that are usually like really solid posters and, and even some of their concerns are like, okay, I understand where you're coming from. And and there was a guy that, that created a post yesterday and it was titled Honest Question. And it, like he laid out like some concerns and they were – they were very well argued and and he wasn't being like a everything sucks. And it was just like, you know, just okay. you know, had, had some fair questions. And I'm like, you have to, I think part of the problem is number one, it's, it's not even, it, it's beyond P, BK PTSD. I really think it comes down to especially older fans. They've been doing this. They've been waiting so long. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's kind of like, I don't want to get excited about this team because I don't want to get let down again. And I, I understand that to a degree. But it's like, don't go looking for trouble where none right. exists, right? And so right. he starts talking about like, you know, well, if if this is against Texas or if this is against so-and-so and, you know, then then that play doesn't work. And I'm like, well, number one, they're not going to run the same exact plays. But I, is that really true? You know, and right. so we kind of dove into that a little bit on the board. But, you know, when you look at this team, Vince, and you say, hey, through quarter one for Notre Dame, guess what? They're not a finished product, but no one ever thought they would or should be. But I'll say this as we kind of dive into where Notre Dame is right now mm-hmm. and, uh, and and what they should be focused on right now. And maybe because of what's going on in our lives that I'm just like, dude, I just refuse to look at the negativity. You know I mean? With what Sean's going through, you know, my mom's currently in the hospital and that's why I'm still in Virginia. And it's just like, guys, this is what's bringing me joy right now. Like what, what, right. what are, you know, so maybe that's it too. And, but it just, you look at it and say, They've played three games, and their closest game was a 21-point win over a team that spent like half of 2022 ranked, you know? And it's just like, uh, you know what it comes down to, like with NC State events, I think a lot of it has to do with, I know on our show, we I spent all week last week trying to convince people that NC State was a pretty good football team, right. and people just weren't buying it. Right. And so – you know, you, you look at it at the end of the year, or I mean, at the end of the game, and it's like, well, you know, I thought Notre Dame should have won by 50. They only won by 21, so I'm mad. I'm like, well, maybe you're the problem. Maybe those are the, those maybe are the same people saying Notre Dame is going to win by, like, three. But, well, but no, I mean, a lot, fact, a lot they should have won by 50. Are, I think a lot of the – no, there was a lot of people on our prediction show that were, like, 45 to 10 and 50 mm. to 6, and it's like, who do you guys think they're playing? NC Central? Like, what, Yeah, what? right. No, and it's like this is a team that last year was a preseason top 15 team and literally didn't fall out of the top 25 until they lost a game to Louisville late in the year and then jumped. And that was after like on their third or fourth string quarterback, right? Like, guys, NC State made some plays on Saturday. That's a good football team. And Notre Dame still went out and won 20 by one by 21 points. So Vince, somebody just said, uh, it's like when I was trying to convince you that Marshall was good last year. <laughs> I wasn't having it. It's a different deal because Notre Dame was still <laughs> better than Marshall. Sure. 21-point road win at NC State when you don't even bring your A game is a really impressive victory. And so when you look sure. at Notre Dame through the first quarter events, you realize, hey, there's areas this team still has to get bigger, better, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And, and there are certainly areas for improvement. Aspects on offense I want to see continue to get better. Aspects on defense I want to continue to see better. Sure. Players that have to step up and be better. But I'll say this, there's not a whole lot of teams in college football right now I'd want to trade for. You know, like maybe some teams have some more marquee games, but when you look at how well Notre Dame has played in a lot of different areas, this team's in a good place. And and so we'll just kind of just, you know, Vince, as we as we kind of dive through this, just kind of go through offense and defense and sure, you know, where we think this thing sta- you know, where we think things stand. But I gotta tell y'all, Notre Dame right now is outscoring their first three opponents 47 to 10. And a big part of that is you know, that they is what they did to NC state. And you can, you can say all you want about, you know, it got out of hand in the fourth quarter. What I would say is I, I think Notre Dame, if anything, let NC state hang around. Absolutely. As opposed to, you know, it really poured it on because, you know, this is a team that if you look at it, Vince, they had a 10, nothing lead in the second quarter, missed a field goal. Your quarterback who had been great. The first two games takes a bad sack. Right. He did. He took mm-hmm. a bad sack and makes a what would have been a 40 something yard field goal into a 56 yard field goal. Guy misses it. You know, you had a chance to really put them away early and, and didn't do it. And then NC State comes down and scores a touchdown to make it, you know, 10 to seven. So you're 
you know, your, your double digit lead that had existed for 13 minutes is down to one and Notre Dame needed 36 seconds to go down there and make it a double digit game again. You know, you've had, you've got a double digit lead for half the third quarter now. And then NC States kicks a field goal to make it a one touch, a, a one score, you know, one possession game. Notre Dame immediately goes right down the field and scores another touchdown to make it a 14 point game. NC State scores a touchdown to make it 24-17. You have that little brief moment of a couple possessions where you have the fumble and, and NC State's got a chance and they they had their window. They missed it because Notre Dame made plays. Right. And then Notre Dame poured it on. This game was a double-digit lead by Notre Dame game longer than it was a one-score GNC State might have a shot in this game. Right. Right. Like this was a game that Notre Dame – like somebody on the board said – you know, that game gives you false optimism like the Wisconsin game from 2021. And I was like, hold on a second. Time out. There's like, no defensive like, scores in this game, well, by the way. Well, no, no. It, it's it's more about um, – the point was was more about not a direct uh, thing, but as far as – the game was a lot closer than, than you would expect it to be. You know, the final score was not as big of a blow. And I say, uh, here's mm. a big – I mean, Notre Dame got outgained by Wisconsin in that game right. in 2000 and in 21 now Wisconsin outgained them Notre Dame did not play well that game their offensive line got dominated that game by Wisconsin it was a close game the whole time Notre Dame used a couple big plays to to go out and, and take a lead but this was a game where Notre Dame was clearly the better team they just were sloppy you had a two-hour weather delay they're just you, you had rain all day you know even before the game started they're talking about there might be a delay and right you know and you just kind of dive into it and you're just like it, there's two ways of looking at it, Vince. You can say, well, Notre Dame didn't play their best game. And if they play Georgia, they better play better than that. Well, I'll tell you something else. If Georgia plays Notre Dame, they better play better than they did against Ball State. I'm going to tell you that right now. And, and uh, you know, Ohio State better play better than they did against Indiana and Youngstown State if they want to beat Notre Dame. Like, you guys can look at it all types of different ways and spin it however you want. The fact of the matter is, is Notre Dame did not bring their A game and still smacked NC State in the mouth. And it wasn't a game where it was back and forth for four right. quarters and Notre Dame poured it, away on, poured it on late like we saw against Wisconsin a couple of years ago. This is a game that Notre Dame had an, an early 10-point lead. Now, I think part of the reason is, in fairness, the reason people don't think it was as convincing is because there was a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour period where Notre Dame only had a 3 nothing lead because we had a two-hour delay. A two-hour time window to be really upset with the About way Notre Dame was three series. Correct. Right. And, and yes. understandably so. I, and so absolutely. I think that, that sat in there for a long time like, mm-hmm. man, they're just not looking great so far and then you kind of ignore the fact that kind of Notre Dame came out after that and you know did some pretty good things so Notre Dame was far from perfect but that says a lot guys like in the past if Notre Dame played far from perfect they lost to Stanford they lost to Marshall they lost to Cincinnati by two touchdowns in a game that wasn't even as close as the score dictated they lost to you know Miami 41 to 8 they lost to Stanford you know on the road 38 to 20 that's what happened when Notre Dame didn't bring their A or B plus game in the past they didn't bring their A or B plus game in this game and beat them by 21. I think of like the 2017 game when, when, you know, early on Notre Dame didn't play well. And then they had a blocked punt for a touchdown and all that. And then you go out and you're like, man, Notre Dame just dominated the rest of that game. Guess what? The margin for victory was the same as this game. And this team didn't need a defensive touchdown. Like they got from Julian love that game to win by 21. Think about that. Right. Think about that. And and so that's the thing that I'm excited about, Vince, is like, guys, this was a good win. Is mm-hmm. Does Notre Dame a perfect team? No, they're not. And we're going to dive into the areas they got to continue to get better. But they're in a good place. And the other thing is I would say, watch more college football. That's what I would encourage you <laughs> right. to do. Watch, right. watch more college football. There's because a, if you think – Yeah, if you think there's like these all these teams that are out there just looking like a million bucks and – and you know, man, if Notre Dame had to play that team, they'd be they'd be really bad. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't, you know. Number one, you didn't give NC State enough credit, like you should have. But number two, yeah, I don't think that's the case. I mean, the defending national champions, you look at their score the first game, Vince, and you're like, hey, you know, the second game they they beat Ball State 45 to three. And I want to be like, if you're upset about Notre Dame's offensive line and ground attack because they needed an 80 yarder to get to 170 yards against against uh nc state and it's like almost 200 if you take out the sacks the sacks uh yeah. georgia rushed for 159 yards against tennessee martin and they rushed for 99 yards against ball state didn't even like, break think 100 about that. 
Yeah. Right. Against Ball State. Right. So where you know the name plays an eight man team from the ACC right. Right. goes for almost two bills. Georgia, the defending champ, plays a MAC team, doesn't even get to a hundred. Right. Right. No, you're you're absolutely right. And then and then you know that Georgia wants to be a team that runs the football because they're breaking in a new quarterback. That's always been their MO is running the football, playing good defense, et cetera. And all they were able to rack up was 99 yards. Like it it's 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 week two for a lot of teams. It was week three for Notre Dame, and they are not a finished product. And I think that's what that's the most important thing that everybody needs to understand is that you know no, Notre Dame is getting better and they will continue to get better. But if you compare what they've done to other teams in the all, all over the country, all over the country, they're in a pretty good spot right now. Yeah. There's a reason they moved up in the polls, you know, as opposed to down like some teams did after winning. So I'm just saying. Yeah. So let's dive into the areas, Vince, where Notre Dame's got to get better. Yes. Right. Or, or actually say what we know about this team right now. Okay. What do you feel good about right now? Well, the first thing that I feel good about, Sam Hartman's pretty good, yeah. even when he's not. Yeah. That's the thing we learned Saturday. Sam Hartman did not play well. I've had so no. Sam Hartman didn't play very well. I'm like, yeah, he didn't play well. And he still went 15 of 24 with two throwaways, and he threw for 286 yards and four touchdowns. Give me no, that sub no performance all the yeah. time. That's a, he, yeah. did, he did turn the ball over, right? So, I don't, you know, he, he did right. turn the ball over and put it on the ground twice, right? So I'm not Absolutely, and that's that. not good enough. Agreed. Right. But, uh, guys, every quarterback has games like that. Right. Like, I mean, that's the whole thing. It's like if Notre Dame doesn't play perfect, you're mad. Well, that's a you problem because yeah. nobody's perfect every game. I've pointed this no. out. Go look at 2019 LSU that might be the best team I've ever seen. They had a back-and-forth game against an 8-5 and five Texas team that, like, lost to Iowa State that year. Right. They, they barely beat Auburn 23 to 20. It's a good Auburn team. That Auburn team had a lot more in common with NC State than mm-hmm. it did, than it, than it did, you know, with, with Navy or, or Tennessee State. Right. And right. you're going to have those games. Georgia needed a fourth quarter comeback, late, late fourth quarter comeback to beat Missouri last year. You know, they beat Kentucky 16 to six in a the game. They outgained Kentucky by like 60 to 80 yards. You know what I mean? Right. So my dad's laughing at me. I made beds in the here for the dogs. So um, he's uh, he's coming to get him because he just got home. I didn't know he was coming home. So I'm like, what the heck are they barking at? Oh, it's, that's why they were barking. Was, yeah. My dad was getting home. Yeah, it makes sense. So, so yeah, so, and he knew I'm doing the show too. So he's gonna get he's gonna get in some trouble later when I, when I get off the show. <laughs> and he but, wonders why he didn't have a seat in Ohio yeah, State game. I know, right? But <laughs> well played. Well Sorry. Played. Uh, <laughs> You know, but but when you look at it, Vince, it's just one of those things where you're gonna have games like that. Yeah. Teams are gonna have game like games like that. Great quarterbacks are gonna have games like that. The question is, do you do what you need to do to win? And when you look at Sam Hartman and how he played, you know, I, I would argue that he was kind of bad the the whole four, first quarter, I would, oh, yeah. or first half. I would argue. Uh, started the game, I think, one of four. I believe is what he started the game. I'm to pull up the play by play I have here, Vince. But he started the game, I believe, one of four uh, against them, and and was just not playing well. But here's the deal: when NC State made it a ten to seven game, what did Sam Hartman do? He immediately led Notre Dame right down the field, makes that big play to find Chris Tyree open, and then throws an absolute dime, an absolute dime. To Jaden Greathouse for the touchdown. Oh, so for again, the touchdown? yes, yeah, not on I his mean, game. Not three playing different great. defenders. Like yeah, anticipated not, it. Yes, I mean, not playing yeah. great. Not playing great football. Uh, but when they needed him to step up and make plays, he made plays. Correct. And that's the mark of a. That's the mark of a of a team that's going to be dangerous. Is can you step up and make plays when you don't have your A game? Right. And, and we saw that from him. So that's the first takeaway. It just it's amazing sure. what Notre Dame can do when they have this level of veteran quarterback experience, because the reality is, is in the past, when Notre Dame has had a veteran quarterback, a lot of times that veteran quarterback had regressed from what right. he was early in his career. Right. So Notre Dame never got to really experience 
the benefits of a guy being a veteran. It was kind of like, well, he's a veteran. He's going to now be afraid to make mistakes. And, you know, he's going to, he's going to go out there and not be the guy that we hoped he would be. And he's just not going to be this or not going to be that. And you look at Sam Hartman and it's like, well, you know, he's out there making mistakes and and doing things wrong, but he just goes out there and keeps battling. Right. And uh, you know, to me, that was something that, that I thought was a, it was a really impressive part of this game. And, and when you start breaking down this nerdy football team, that's the first thing that I look at Vince and say, boy, sure. they got a chance to be a, a really good team. Cause you know, he's going to, he's going to play better than that. Cause he has, we've seen him do it sure. a lot. Well, and, and the thing for me is, yeah, he struggled early on. There's no doubt he was throwing mm-hmm. high, you know, he, he missed a few throws. Like he, he wasn't playing well. Right. He never once in that game panicked. Like mm-hmm. you never saw him panic in any way with, with the, with his play, with his demeanor on the sideline, with the way he was interacting with his teammates when they were on the field, like there was no panic and it permeated through the rest of the offense. And frankly, I think it permeated through the rest of the team as well, because nobody else panicked either. And when your leaders don't panic, the troops don't panic. I mean, that's just common sense right there. Right. I mean, it's, and, and that was the case in this game because in in other times and other places, this team panics and they start trying to press and they start doing things that they they shouldn't be doing when things aren't going their way to start off. That wasn't the case at right. all with this team. And I think that, I mean, outside of the fact that Sam Hartman was the leader of that, in my opinion, that is also something that I think we know about this team. You know what I mean? That yeah. I don't think this team's going to panic. I, yeah. I just don't see the panic well, in this team. You want money players, right, Vince? And here's what Sam Hartman's numbers were in the first half. He went 9 of 16 for 151 yards and, a t- and one touchdown. And if you look at that, Vince, 78 of those yards came on two plays on the final drive, mm-hmm. right? Second half, he went 6 of 8 for 135 yards, three touchdowns. Yeah. He found his groove. I yeah. mean, you know what I mean? And he didn't he didn't panic yeah. on it. And he's not like, well, this isn't my day. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I'm back at NC State where, you right. know, I, I threw six interceptions. And, you know, right. it was, no, we're good. We're good. Yep. And he was. Yep. Yep. It was uh, it was uh, uh, it was fun to watch, Vince. It, re- it really was. Right. And yeah. I'm actually looking at I'm looking at something here real quick because I was curious about this. And I meant to I meant to look look up this later, uh, but I, I couldn't find it or I didn't, I just kind of forgot to do it, but yeah, Sam Hartman after his, uh, after his fumble went three of four for 57 yards and two touchdowns. And the hmm. only incompletion was the one that the seam route that hit Mitchell Evans right in the hands up the right seam in the hands, dropped. right in the numbers. Yeah. 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 Yep. That was it. And, and that was big too, because that showed me something between Sam Hartman and Jared Parker. He just has this big fumble, mm-hmm. and they come right back out. And what do they do? They throw down the field. <laughs> they go vertical. They didn't run. They didn't say, "Oh, you know what? Screw it. We got a lead. Let's just run Audric out of here. Let's just, you know, let's just, just let's get just out run of here. this, lick our wounds, no, and get out of here." Yeah. No, they went right vertical. I mean, they went right downfield with another vertical pass on that yeah. on that drive. You know, and again, it didn't work out, but it says a lot about who this team is. You know, and so those Absolutely. are those are things that you look at and you say, hey, I feel good about that. Some other things I like about this team and and we'll get into the opposite of this, but there's a lot of weapons, mm-hmm. a lot of weapons. So I'll give you guys a little bit of a, a taste of an article that or, or, or some statistical breakdown we have. And I'm telling you guys, if you're not on the message board, you are definitely missing out on this statistical breakdown. So we have the breakdown of Sam Hartman from today's game or from Saturday's game. And here is. Uh, so I just I break down left, right, middle, short, intermediate, deep, you know, uh, what type of dropbacks that he have, all that type of stuff. Like he was, you know, what his dropback statistics were, bootleg statistics were, play action statistics were, got some game film in there, some cut ups, uh, you know, how, what was the number stone of the receivers, tight ends, running backs, all those type of things. But in this game, Vince, you had 10 guys that were targeted in the game. And you had six that were targeted more than once. If you look at the entire season, um, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 17 different players have been targeted 
this season with a pass attempt in three games. Jaden Thomas has been targeted the most with 12. He went 0 for 4 on targets against NC State. That's the other thing is your best receiver so far was not good against he, NC he was State. He a no-show. He was you a can no look show. at that and say, well, you know, it's not good. And Well, no, 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 no. He was a no-show in the pass game. In the pass game. That's what I was referring to. Yes. He blocked his but, butt off in this yes. game. Yes. He blocked his butt off. Yes, which is the mark of a team player. Hey, I'm, I'm not getting mine today, and I dropped my chance, and I made a mistake, and I. Yep. but you know what? I'm, I can help the team this way. I'm going to go do it. Yes, agreed. In, in Thank well, you for you correcting your, me because that's not what I was referring yeah. to. You can't have your best player not catching a ball. I'm like, okay, I get that. But, but guys, again, that happened, and you still went out and won by 21 and led by double digits most of the game. Right. That's I mean, most of the second quarter, you never trailed. Notre Dame trailed for a combined zero seconds in this game. Yep. Right. Like it was tied for 12, less than 12 minutes of the game. And then Notre Dame came out early in the second quarter. I think it was their next possession after so possession or two after the field goal. And they're, you know, get a double digit lead. You hold that double digit lead the entire second quarter because Audric's touchdown run was Notre Dame's first possession of the second quarter. I think people forget that because it yeah, took so it long. Felt to get like there. halftime, yeah, yeah. Right. It was their first possession of the second quarter. Uh, is is what Notre Dame did? Like you literally drive number. Yeah, no, it was actually Vince. It was it was the yeah. previous drive they had scored, right? And so then NC State had a drive, and then Notre Dame got the ball back, and they went to the break. So Notre Dame scored on back to back possessions in the third, mm-hmm. in the second, in the first half, and. Um, you know, and then held that lead for over 13 minutes. NC State gets it back, and it lasted for like 40 seconds, as I said before. But there's a lot of different weapons. Now, we'll get into some other things about that, but you you have to – because here's why this matters, Vince. Here's why it's it's good to be here. Because when your leading receiver does go 0 for 4 and drops a deep ball that he should not have dropped, you're okay because Holden Stace balled out. That right. wasn't a fluke by Holden Stace. This is what we were – this breakout right. was going to come at some point yes. in time, right? Absolutely. Mitchell Levin struggled in this game. Okay. Tobias Merriweather steps up and makes a big play. All right. Chris Tyree steps up and makes a big play. Uh, Jaden Greathouse keeps doing Jaden Greathouse things. I mean, so you could say, like, yeah, it's it's not good, but this is the whole thing. This is what makes Notre Dame so hard to, to defend right now. Correct. Because you can take Jaden Thomas out of the game. And you can just jam Chris Tyree all the time. And they they held him and so many times and never got called. Like he was running the corner. I was about to kill a guy. And they yanked him down. No call. Right. But you can do those things. And it's like, but it doesn't matter because this is the day you, you guys want to take him and him out of the game. Cool. Holden Stace, go do your thing. Audrey, go do your thing. Right. You go do your thing. And that's that's a that's a great place to be because we talked this summer, Vince, about what what hurt the 2015 team is if you took Will Fuller out of the game, Notre Dame had a hard time scoring. And, you know, we talked about how, how Chris Brown stepped up big in the Boston College game, but Notre Dame only scored 19 points in that game. You know, and so this team is a little different so far through, through the first quarter because if you take one or two guys out, there's just somebody else ready to step up. Now, now my yeah. concern for that is – I do worry about guys getting into a rhythm. Okay. Like I, I do worry about like, you know, if you're limiting, if the rotation is so balanced, do you prevent your receivers from getting into a rhythm? That That is a concern. Like, do you let a guy get hot if he's not on the field enough? Right. And, and that's a bit of a concern I have about like how they're using Chris Tyree. I would strongly consider them to maybe start playing Jaden Grouthouse a little bit more at the two outside spots as well, if they want to get him in there. But that's a, you know, that's, that's, that is a little bit of a concern, but that's not a player problem. That's more of a, okay, it's been good. You guys have done this, but sure. You know, let, let's, let's maybe take a couple of these guys and use them a little bit more. Another right. positive for me, Vince, about this team, the old line is still a work in progress. Absolutely sure. a work in progress. But the one thing that I did not question on Saturday, the first series, they were overwhelmed just by the speed of NC state. Absolutely. And they got their butts kicked on that first series. Yep. And their 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 discipline the whole game was just just they weren't always on the same page. Some of that was about NC State, but after they came out of the break, we talked about this in the show. They played hard. I did not think they played well against Tennessee State, but they played hard. They played well and played hard against Navy. So that is one good thing. Is you, know, you compare this to some past pre Harry Heastan lines. They weren't physical. They weren't tough. They didn't compete. This team is different. This team battles. 
and this offensive line battles. Now, I have some questions about the athleticism or lack thereof at guard, especially at left guard. But the one thing you can say that you know about this team is they're this offensive line is they're gonna they're gonna battle. Mm-hmm. They're definitely gonna battle. There's yeah. no doubt. If you're stressed about buying tickets or doing some last minute ticket hunting to college football games, concerts, comedy shows, your favorite activities, game time is the place for you. They take the stress out of buying tickets. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The GameTime guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code IRISH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code IRISH for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. That's gametime.co. No, they were definitely overwhelmed in the beginning of that game. And I, you know, I, I said this uh, on, a, on a different show, on a, on a podcast that somebody had me on. I said, look, I said, I'm a fan of Chicago sports. And granted, the Bears played horrible this weekend. But rain delays seem to help my teams because it was a rain delay in the Game 7 of the World Series for the Cubs, and all of a sudden they came out like a brand-new team. This rain delay helped Notre Dame. There's no doubt about it. It's a, you know, It was a different offensive line coming out of the rain delay. And I'm not saying that they were technically perfect or any of that or, or assignment sound or any of that, but they were playing on a different level when they came back as far as from an aggression standpoint and from an effort standpoint, they're playing on a different level. And so this, that rain delay was well-timed for Notre Dame. Now, do I think they would have gotten there eventually? Yeah, I think they probably would have, but I think the rain delay allowed them to do it earlier in the quote unquote gameplay because they were able to kind of regroup and get themselves together. Now, I'll be the first one to admit they can't do that again against a, a, a better opponent. You're not going to have opportunities to, you know, regroup early, right? I mean, you've right. got to come out of the gate. Well, when way. you play better offenses, that, that, or, or, or you a better call your yeah. own lines not having that issue the same day that your defense is taking a little bit of time to, you know, maybe they're not playing a great game and then you fall behind, you know, and, and that's not a place you want to be. So, yeah, they got to get right. better. And, and hopefully, hopefully, we don't know that this is to be true because they had a different offensive line coach last year, and we we are still learning who Joe Rudolph is. But hopefully they kind of hit their stride the same time last year's line did, which was what, Vince? Game four. Game four. Because here's what happened last year. Did not play well in the opener. Did not play well in week two. This right. year they at least played well in the opener. <laughs> game three, right. they came out, and they really sputtered the first half of the game. Just got their butts kicked by Cal early. Late in the second quarter – into the second half of the Cal game, they started to find their groove a little bit. weren't perfect, but started to find their groove, and then they broke out in game four against North Carolina. Right. Hopefully <laughs> that the same thing happens this year because last year you had a lot – what was the big thing last year? You had a, Your center was moving to left guard. You had a brand-new center, starting center. Your previous right tackle had moved to right guard. You had a lot of moving pieces, and it was taken – and sure. you had a new position coach. So it took right. them some time to get going. So I'm going to give Joe Rudolph the same benefit of the doubt that I gave Coach Heastan last year, which is, guys, he's going to be all right. Let's let him. And then right. you started to see it against Cal, and then boom, you come out against North Carolina, and the offensive line dominates. And the other part too is again, they they these issues came against a pretty good NC State defense, but they're going to face another pretty good front seven in in a you know week and a half against Ohio State. And they're going to face a, a pretty darn good defensive line in front seven, especially defensive line the week after that against Duke. And there's going to be some, you know, in, USC's defense isn't great, but their front seven has some talent. 
Sure. So you're going to they're going to have yeah. to get better. They're going to have to be better than they are right now. There's no di- disputing that. Right. Not many teams peak in week two or in game three. And and but they do have to get better. But I like the foundation of they are tough. Yeah. And that's an important thing. Because remember, remember, you know, in the past, some of the the offensive lines that we had issues with, it wasn't an effort standpoint, but there was a there was a tough there was a lack of toughness by yes. some some kids. You know what I mean? I I'm not going to call say, anybody. I wouldn't out. even say. I wouldn't even say it that way, Vince. And I because I know exactly what you're saying. So let me cut you off a second because right. I know Please I know do. you don't want to mean what you're about to say. Okay, and I can fair see it. So let me say it this way. They weren't coached to play physical football. There you go. They were coached right. to, here's your job. This is your responsibility. Do your job. But they weren't taught how to do their job. Right, right. Right? And 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 so you saw a lot of catching. Yes. And that wasn't a lack of toughness. When the whole line is doing that, it's a lack of physicality right. because they weren't coached to it's be It's a lack physical. of coached, coached aggression. Correct. You know Correct. what I mean? Yes, okay. And, and I know that – and I know that the offensive coordinators for those team those teams were frustrated by that. I can yeah. I can promise you that <laughs> yes, that you they knew that, and they because there was two of them. It was nineteen and twenty one, and there's a reason that Coach Heastan got involved with those offensive linemen in 2020. because they all knew they weren't getting that teaching, and that's right. why they went to him, right? And so uh, that's that's not an issue. The, the toughness part, the physicality part, is there. Right. It's your footwork's not good. You're you're turning too many of the the twists inside loops. Right. Right. Those the reaction time isn't where right. I would like it to be. And that and, Correct. and and the reaction time comes from recognizing what is coming and it it needs to be a little bit faster so that you can well, then physically and react. And when to you it. get when you get heavy footed, it's hard right. to then just if you're not an athletic guy like, you know, Emil Wagner, there's some other guys, Billy Shrouth, those Joe Alt. Those guys are athletic enough to be to be flat-footed and to see it and then still react quickly enough to make the block. Rocco Spindler and Pat Coogan, Zeke Carell are not that athletic to where they can sure. get away with that. Yeah. So that's something. Now, the concern is, Vince, when you're seeing that lack of footwork from all three of your interior guys, say, okay, is that a coaching problem? Is right. it them just adjusting? Is it them getting on the same page? Is Zeke... Is Zeke's footwork, has it taken a step back because he's thinking so much about getting the guards in a good position? And so that's taken away from what he needs to be doing. Maybe. I don't know. We'll find that out here over the next couple of weeks. Sure. And uh, and that's going to be a big part of it. So that's kind of one of those things where they've got to improve in that area. But I, I like the physicality. Another thing I, I, I like, Vince, too, is this defense is still a work in progress, in my opinion. We'll get into that because I don't think they've played a good offense yet. That, to me, the defense has really been lights out so far, but I still have a lot of question marks because they haven't been tested. Like, say what you want about the offensive line and the issues they have to, 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 to deal with, but we said all summer about the uniqueness of the challenges they would face against Navy and NC State schematically because of – what they do, those are two top uh, – Navy, I think, last year, what, they were third in, in rush defense – second or third in rush defense last year. NC State was 11th. They have not – Notre Dame's defense has not been – has not faced a good offense yet. Navy's right. offense stinks. Right. Tennessee State's offense stinks. And NC State's offense is just not there yet. It's And it's right. not very talented, if we're going to be honest. Up front, at receiver, yeah. at running back. You know, they're going to receive. I think, but, right. I think that Concepcion, I think, is his name, number 10. Yeah. Like, I think he'll end up being good, Solid. but yeah. he's a true freshman or he was a freshman. Like, right. he's, that's he's a lot solid. to put on his shoulders. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So they're, they're going to get tested here two weeks from now. And there's just not going to be, so th- we're just not going to know truly how good they are until September 23rd. We're, we're just yeah. not. I've agreed. But, but there are some things we can take away from it. And the first one to me is this is a really f- long, fast defense for the most part. Now we'll we'll in a second here we'll talk about some of the things that we need to see more of from this unit, but I do like the speed, especially the second and the second level speed, which to me second level the way Notre Dame plays is corner and linebacker. That the play of those two units has been really good so far. Yeah, safety was a, con, a question mark in games one and two. It was excellent in game three. Okay, I think the D tackles have played pretty good football this year. Yeah. DNs have been okay as a group flashy at times but i don't think 
Yeah, and we'll get into that in a second. I won't I won't go into that just yet. But the production is has not been great. But this is a really this defense can run. Mm-hmm. That is something that you can at least hang your hat on right there. It, it, it's hard to really say a lot more about how good they are. I mean, statistically, man, they have been excellent. I mean, right. I'm not trying to take anything away from what they've done defensively. I mean, I don't care who you're playing when you when you're a quarter into your season, three games into your season, and you're only giving up ten points a game and you're only giving up 223 yards of offense and 3.5 yards per play, you know, you're giving up 99.7 rushing yards per game, 2.6 rushing yards per play. You know, you're only giving up 123 passing yards. Teams are only averaging 4.8 yards per attempt and a 42.9% completion rate. When, when, when you've gone through three games and not a single opponent has even got up to 46% completion percentage, not a single opponent so far has completed 46% or higher of their passes, right? Like, I don't care who you're playing. Right. That's really good. But how does it translate to Ohio State, USC? That's Louisville. Of course. That's my question. Yeah, and there's nothing they can do about that. That's not on them. That that right. it's not even a questioning the defense and you guys are you're doing things that I don't like and you're gonna. I mean, there's some things I don't like. Look, I'm never gonna like Al Golden's defense. That's just personal preference. I just I don't love blitz all the time defenses. That's just my thing. But Brent Venables won two national championships at Clemson doing that, and and they had elite defenses. So. As long as you coach it well and your players execute it well and it's sound, you can win that way. It's just not my – like, so when I say I don't like Al Gold's defense, it's just personal prep. I, they, they could give up nine point, ten points a game the rest of the year, and I'm still going to like, yeah, I'd never – I'd still never – that's not what I would pick. You know, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. stylistically it's not what I like. And so, of course, I'm going to have some concerns about what does that do when you're playing Ohio State and you're vacating the middle of the field against Marvin Harrison and Emeka Buka and Cade Stover and those kind of guys, Julian Fleming, those guys. I have, I have some concerns about that. Sure. And and you will find out. But, look, all they can do is control what's in front of them, Vince. And exactly. what's in front of them so far, they've dominated. They've yeah. absolutely you can only dominated. play who, who – you know, it's a cliche, but you can only play who's on your schedule, right? Yeah. I mean, and, you know, Vince played well. If I'd have told you before the year – that Notre Dame's got Navy in the opener, so you got the triple option. That Notre Dame is gonna is gonna hold their opponents to 123.3 uh, yards per game on the ground and 4.8 yards per play. What would you think about that after three games? That's Let's solid. Yeah. That's, that's pretty solid. You know, especially yeah. since you played triple option team. Right. That's their passing numbers. That's their pass game numbers, Vince. 123.3 yards per game, 4.8 yards per play. That's their passing numbers. Their rushing numbers, they're sub-100. So basically, you know, it, it's an impressive thing. Now we just need to see it when it, the competition's ramped up, and it's not going to be this weekend. I'm just – It's just little, not, little, yeah. little preview of the Central Michigan yeah. preview. It's right. not going to – you're not going to get tested this weekend. It should be It should be another dominant performance against an inferior opponent. But, you know, they're, they're doing things they need to do. Let's, let's dive into the areas where we think they most need to get better. Okay. Here, or, or maybe some questions that we still have. That's fair. Number one is what they're doing in the pass game. Because like somebody said in the chat, well, the concern is you can't beat Ohio State uh, with your tight ends being that guy. I'm like, yes, you can. Y- you can absolutely do that. If your tight ends are like the kids that the Notre Dame has, yes, you can beat Ohio State with your tight end going off. Now, what you can't have is your receivers not being more of a factor. They've got to go out and make plays. Sure. But my my counter to that would be, but the receivers did do that in this game. Tobias had a big 45-yard game. Tyree made a big play. Greathouse made a big play. So right. it's not, it wasn't like last year where the receivers were like non-existent in some games. Yeah, and right. it was all the tight ends and the running backs. That, that's not what happened here. It was the tight end stepped up and was huge. But the receivers also stepped up and made their fair share of plays. But when you have the tight ends in their name, has, yes, you can certainly beat a team like that throwing the football. And and that's something that I that you know that, that I look at and say that they don't necessarily need as and we've said, look, we've said this all season, they don't necessarily need like that Will Fuller kind of guy. But I also am someone who believes that that in order to win a championship, you still need to have a guy and to beat the which means to win a championship, you've got to do what? You've got to beat Ohio State. Sure. You've got to beat, sure. you know, um, the, 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 you know, those teams. And, and so my, my, my point would be, 
in that in that instance, Vince, is like when they're playing Ohio State and it's final drive of the game and you're down by a field goal, do you have a receiver that can step up and say, hey, um, I can be that guy? And, and my answer to the whole you can't expect the tight end to do that, I just want to remind you of the stat line O.J. Howard had against Clemson in the national title game when he had five catches for 208 yards and two touchdowns. So, yeah, you can win if your tight end goes off. Right. And, and, and you know, Holden Stace had, what, five catches for – four catches for 115 yards and two touchdowns? Yeah, if he does that against Ohio State, they're going to have a good shot to win. Right. right. Sorry. Absolutely. You know? But, yeah. but, 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 you know, against Ohio State, Jaden Thomas needs to come down with that goal route. Sure. Right? Uh, you know – Jaden Greathouse can't make that mistake on the third down conversion to Tobias Merriweather, right? You've got to play better. And and do they have a guy that when it's third and five and you're down a field goal and, and you're at midfield against Ohio State, or, do you have a guy that can go out there and say, I got this? That guy hasn't emerged yet, with all due respect to Jaden Thomas and Jaden oh, Greathouse and those guys. That guy hasn't emerged yet, and I still wonder – if that is guy that exists. guy going to emerge? I yeah. think it, I still think I don't think they need a Will Fuller, but I right. think they need someone that at least you know Sam Hartman knows when the game is on the line. I know that I can go here and here. I would say you need two. Let, that's let me my, ask you this. That's my takeaway. Let me ask you this, Brian, and to kind of counter counterpoint. Okay, devil's advocate, if you will. The way that things have played out so far. Right. And and I think there's I think there's talent at wide receiver. I, I and I think they're well coached, right? Could that mon- that money wide receiver, could it potentially be a different guy each time? Well, sure. Again, it it doesn't need to be, but it doesn't need to be the same guy. You look at Clemson in twenty sixteen when they won the title, right? Like Mike Williams was that dude. Okay. Hunter Renfro caught the game winner and 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 Deion Kane's the guy that caught the big pass and catch and run that broke that right. got you know Clemson was down 14 nothing in that game and it was Deion Kane that caught that short pass made dudes miss and had that big play because they were focusing on Mike Williams those guys need to step up and make those plays my whole thing is in the quarterback's head it's mm-hmm. one thing to say hey you know Tobias is going to make this play uh, or, or retroactively made the play, or Tyree made the play, or Jaden Thomas made the play, or Deion Colsey made the play. I don't care who makes it, but somebody's got to make it. But it's more about does the quarterback have that supreme confidence that they're going to make that play? Fair enough. And yeah, and, fair and, enough. and I'm I'm a believer that you 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 call the play and you read the defense. You don't zero in on a guy. Absolutely. But is that guy going to step up and make that play? That's the question. And Do we don't have that. the receiver. Yeah. That, and, and it could be Tyree one game, Great sure. House another. That, I, I, I care. I, I subscribe to that part of it. Like I think. But they've got to be able to do it. And that's what we For sure. Know. And we haven't. We. Notre Dame hasn't faced an opportunity or a situation where they've needed that yet. Right? Mm, uh, late in the game, yes. 100%. 100%. Yes. Late in the game. However, I would say. You know, you faced the best corners you faced all year, and your your quote unquote top receiver got shut down and and had a chance when you were struggling. Because sure. I, I look at that that drop pass that that Jaden Greathouse had, or that Jaden Thomas had, and I look at that Vince, and I think to myself, man, that that would have been a big play. That yeah. would have been a huge play. Now sure. they ended up getting a field goal on that drive, but you know, you what would that have said to Seven. NC State, who's bringing a ton of pressure? if he makes that catch and you get 40 yards on it, right? It, it How does that impact how they're doing? And you finally play a really good receiving core. And a lot of the receiver production they had were not let, – let's be honest, right? We're objective guys. How many of the big plays that the receivers made on Saturday were against the NC State corners? Right. The answer is none of them. Right. Tobias ran a slot route in cut that he caught in front of a safety – for the 45 yarder Tyree got free behind the coverage after getting ridden out of bounds and knocked down. Cause he didn't have a good release. He got free behind the defense. Jaden Greathouse caught his touchdown pass on a safety, right? So you, the, you played one of the two or three best corner tandems you're going to face all year. And they pretty much locked your receivers down. And then when you did get free, you didn't make the catch. Now there were other opportunities for for throws that Sam Hartman couldn't get there that they were right. getting open. There weren't a ton though. The one of the biggest misses of the game, biggest opportunities, Vince, was the the wheel route to. Did you go back and look at that on the the film I sent you? Yep. 
Jeremiah Love scores, man. I mean, he yep. but it was against two, it was against a linebacker. Right. So they did not make plays against corners. Now, there were there were times where if the read would have taken Sam Hartman there, if he would have made the throw, they were open, but the ball didn't get there. And and so that's still a question mark. I wouldn't say it was like because again, you can't fault a receiver for not getting a ball when he's open and the quarterback doesn't throw him the ball. You, you say, well, he didn't catch any passes. Well, he didn't get any attempts. <laughs> right. You know, he didn't throw it to him. You know, right. I would say Tobias our, kind of came. Last year. Yeah. Like Tobias kind of came. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. So I'm sorry, Vince. Go ahead, man. No, no, no. I was just going to say that we're not comparing, like you're saying, like there were some guys that he missed and things like that. This is yeah. in no way comparing the way things were right. going last year where there were guys yeah. running open. Like it felt like all the time and they were, they right. were getting missed. Right. So it, it, They're but, not doing that this year. Like, correct. like the way they were last year. Now part right. of it is the way teams are playing Notre Dame. Sure. NC state was the same way. They were playing over top. Mm-hmm. There's, there's times Notre Dame's calling stuff. And this is why Holden Stace had a big game this week. This is why the running backs went off last week. It's why Jaden Thomas went off last week. It's why Mitchell Evans had a big F because teams are, are still, they're playing over the top. They're just saying, Hey, we're going to, we're going we're gonna to blitz you up front, and we're going to play over the top and not let you throw the deep ball. And so that's where that's why Tobias got free for that big play. It's why the seam routes to Holden Stace and Mitchell Evans got open. It's why, you know, you were able to, you know, hold, run a bootleg to Holden Stace, and he's able to catch the ball with no one near him on yeah. that bootleg that I had in the breakdown, on, on at our breakdown. So, but the, the answer still is the receivers have not had it, have not been able to make those plays partly out of op- lack of opportunity because sure. the reads just haven't taken them there. The situations haven't taken them there. And, you know, they, they still got to prove that. So if we're being objective sure. and honest, Vince, you yeah. have to be able to say, look, yeah, they performed this weekend statistically, but they didn't beat those corners at NC State. They didn't. Now, again, didn't get a lot of opportunities to do so. NC State wasn't giving them that. NC State was giving them the middle field, and they took advantage of it. They, they took were giving it. them the seams. They took it. And they took advantage of it. Yeah. And, um, you know, but but I still need to see that. That's still something when I look at winning the big games, I'm still going to need to see somebody step up and make a play like Deion Colsey made against USC last year, right. like Braden Lindsay made against South Carolina, like Jaden Thomas made against South Carolina, like Jaden Thomas made against Navy. I'm still going to need like like you're still going to need to see those like Michael right. Mayer made at times last year. You're still going to need to see that. And because you're not going to go out and beat Ohio State 45 to 24 if you don't play better. Could they beat Ohio State like that? Anything can happen. I mean, after watching them beat Clemson by 21 last year, anything can happen. But if you're going to do that, you've got to play your A. you got to play your A-plus game if you're going to beat Ohio State like that. You've got to play your A game if you're just going to beat them, period. And and so we still haven't seen the receivers play their A game this year. That's Agreed. that's a fact. Yep. At least in the pass game. Right. At least in the pass game. Agreed. Uh, Another thing, Vince, too, obviously we talked about the offensive line. He's a clean up a lot of things. I'm still concerned about the guard play from an athletic against some of the more athletic teams. And then the last thing for me, here's probably my biggest concern about the defense, Vince. When you consider the fact that they have not played anybody really good so far offensively, the fact that Notre Dame is as lowly ranked as they are in tackles for loss concerns the sure. heck out of me. Sure. They currently rank 115th in the nation in tackles for loss per game. Now, they're the, here's the thing: they're 53rd nationally in total tackles for loss, but they're one of, of what 12 teams that have actually played three games. They're 115th. Now, I've said this before: I don't care about sacks. I don't. I, we've seen this. If Howard Cross sacks the Tennessee State quarterback, then you know it's it's a it's a you know you don't get the interception. Right. I, I don't care as much about that. I, sure. I it's, sacks are just not a big thing for me. What I do care about, though, are disruptives in the run game. And the fact is, Notre Dame has only had 13 tackles for loss in three games. And and that's a that's a problem. And then if you look at it, when you look at Notre Dame's sack numbers in that in that time, Vince, and you here, let me pull it up here real quick, because it's not even like they're uh, they've had, you know, they're not sacking guys like they did last year they have four sacks so you know i, I get that one of those games is against navy they still I had just, their first sack of the year against navy so yeah. I mean, it's definitely possible yeah right I, yeah the, the lack of disruptives in the run game is concerning to me now the flip side of that is you're still really productive in the run game defensively despite the fact you haven't made a lot of negatives 
And they rank 28th in the nation right now in, in yards allowed per rush. And when you consider they're one of the few teams that, you know, you, the more games you play, the more that those numbers tend to go up. And, and uh, you, you know, you look at their, their run defense this year, it's been really stout so far, and they're not getting a lot of negatives. That's a positive to me. And so, um, you know, that's – but that's a that's a big concern for me. I, I really need to see this defensive line yeah. get well, yeah. more run game I, disruptives. Agreed. Agreed. And I, and I felt like, you know, they're getting hurries in the past game, but they're not getting home enough, right? Yeah. They're not – they're not completing what they need to do. Yes, hurries are great. You know, you get them off platform. You do all of those things, and, you know, it's great. But I'd really love them to get home a little bit more and really put a team in a bind and put them behind the sticks and keep the clock moving and all of those different things that you get when you get a sack, right? And so they're getting penetration, but they need to finish the job. Like, that. that's my biggest thing from, from the front standpoint. It's like, you need to finish, You need, whether it's, the D line, whether it's the linebackers, because Maris was doing a good job of getting in the backfield, you got to finish. You got you got to finish those, you know, those hurries. I need, I need those hurries to turn into sacks, and then I'll feel a lot better about the way things are going. I know you focus a lot on sacks. I just don't. Yeah. Because to me, I would rather hit a quarterback in the chest, make a ball flutter up in the air, and intercept it or make him throw off his back foot and intercept it than I would for you to sack him, right? Now, if it's third down, okay, whatever. I mean, I get it. You're, you're still going to get the ball back. But I just I just feel like a lot more can happen bad for a quarterback that's trying to throw as he's getting pressured and disrupted dis- than, than sacked. Because, you know, you may get a strip sack every now and then. NC State got one against their name, knocked the ball out twice. But twice. that was Sam Hartman not being disciplined with the football more than it was about something that happens all the time when you're when you're playing that kind of team. And so that's that's the thing I look at, Vince, is I as I is when I when I when I break this down and and I and I look at it, I care I just care a lot more about run game negatives than I and, and hits on the quarterback than I do necessarily pure sacks. Now, you know, against Ohio State. Would a first down sack have a big impact? Of, of course it would. I'm not anti-sack. I'm just saying, like, defi- looking at sack numbers isn't the end-all be-all for me. What I oh, look sure. at is, but I don't think the overall pressures have been all that good. They have okay. played bad teams, and they're and they have played quarterbacks that aren't great, or in NC State's case, not a very good receiving core. It's, it's we said that before the game, and they confirmed it. Now, right. some of the drops were partly because of their name. I mean, Brendan Armstrong threw behind that receiver because if he leads the receiver, DJ Brown is flying over and he might lay the guy out. And so, you know, it's a little bit of a different situation. But to me, Vince, it's just you're just not disruptive enough when you consider the the quality of the opponent, which has not been good offensively. And it, you put it like this. I don't think it's all about projection, right? Do you think the way that it's a rhetorical question because I know you are on the same page? Do you think the results would look similar against Ohio State that they did against NC State if they don't, if the pressures aren't like even some of the hits that got to Brendan Armstrong, they got there late because guys weren't getting open? Marvin Harrison's he's they're going to be getting rid of the ball quicker when it's thrown to Marvin Harrison because they're going to have the whole well, I don't care if he's covered, it's Marvin Harrison. Throw it up, give him a chance. It's a mecca. Give him, throw him up, give him a chance. And and uh, they're going to have more weapons. Cade Stover's off to a really good start for Ohio State. You know, he's a good player at tight end. Julian Fleming. So so the point is, Vince, you're you're just going to have to be more disruptive, and and you're definitely going to have to be more disruptive in the run game. And I mean, you did a nice job holding NC State to two yards here, three yards there, and that's fine. But with better talent, and I don't think in Ohio State's offensive line is necessarily more talented, but the running backs certainly are than what they've seen so far. And that's a that's a big thing for me is, is, you know, Marcus Freeman said something. Somebody said something, asked him a question about, you know, him not having faith in the D-line. And he said, you know, we, we have a lot of faith in the D-line. And my answer is, my response is, prove it. Mm-hmm. Prove it. Stop being so, let me show everyone how smart I am all the time and say, you know what? We're going to drop seven here and, and let this turn this D line loose. Cause, like, even on Saturday when they didn't blitz, it's like they weren't like just say, hey, Jordan Vitello, go get, go get him. Hey, Riley Howard, go get him. 
it was it was interesting. And and uh, one of the few things I didn't like about the game plan on Saturday, and for the most part, I, I very much did. But I need to see them, and this is going to be a great game for it, you know, to to, to test them out. Because if if your D line is good enough to beat those teams, then they should feast on Central Michigan's offensive line. Feast up front. Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. So do you just blitz all day and and take advantage of them having a bad offensive line, or do you allow your defensive line to finally and say, guys, we're going to give you a little bit of a shot this week to go get it? And, and work on that part of what you do defensively. Because you can blitz Ohio State all day if you want, but they're good enough to where it takes one mistake on the second or third level or one bad matchup for it to be a 70-yard touchdown. That's the problem. Right. That's the problem. And Marvin Harrison's not going to be dropping balls the way that some other teams may have had receivers <laughs> drop What balls. do you mean? He's not the best wide receiver in the country? Yeah. So... <laughs> Um, that's that's kind of where I'm coming from. So that's something defensively that I definitely need to see. And then just quickly, sure. special teams. So just make your kicks. I mean, I get it. Right. He's missing long ones, but make your kicks. Yep. Uh, and and be a little better in, in coverage, a little bit more consistent coverage. And I would and uh, would like to see would a little bit more than that. Best because yeah. I I have a lot of faith in both of the guys that are actually kicking the ball. Right. The you know McPherson punting at a 50 yard average for goodness sake. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna have a problem yeah. with him. And then, you know, Spencer Schrader, yes, he, he's the best one for three kicker out there. I would say most impressive one for three kicker. I would yeah. say. Yeah. So, you know, he's going to write the ship. Like, I'm not, I'm really not that worried. He hasn't had a bunch of just, you know, chip shot field goals and things right. of that nature. He's had had that opportunity. So right. that that's going to end up writing the wrong as they move forward. Hope and so. uh, I still think he's going to be yeah. a really, really good weapon yeah. for this team. Hope so. so yeah, yeah, hope so. I'm I mean, very confident in that yeah, regard. But. Yeah, hope so. I mean, I, yeah. I, I mean, with his leg strength and how easily he goes through his kicking motion, I hope so. I hope he's the guy we saw two years ago, not the guy we saw last year. Certainly. Yeah. Certainly. So that's gonna that's gonna do it for this part of the breakdown, Vince. Yeah. So just quickly remind you know, people clearly to do before they make sure you like, do. subscribe, hit the notification bell, share with your family and friends, join the message board, boards at irishbreakdown.com. It's right there, scrolling for you, like Vanna White, just right there. All right, <laughs> Vanna so White. Makes, yeah. Like all the twenty-year-olds in our chat are like, "Who? What? Are, oh, who is Vanna?" That would White? make me sad if people don't know who yeah. she is. But, uh, but anyway, make sure, uh, like a like a Barker's Beauty. Make sure you check out the boards at Irish Breakdown. Is that the guy from Happy Gilmore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. He got as close oh. to a dollar without going over. Our our boy Bob mm-hmm. Barker. So anyway um <laughs> just shaking your head at me all right so make sure you check out everything make sure you subscribe make sure you uh that notification bell is important because like for today for example normally there's a one o'clock show we had an eight o'clock show you're not going to know that unless you hit that notification bell so make sure that you do it and make sure you uh you join up because uh it's a lot of fun over there and, and brian has been putting some amazing things on the board as far as breakdowns are concerned so if you're into the numbers, if you're a number geek like we are, you know, you got to check out these breakdowns on the board, man. I'm telling you, it is worth the price of admission. All right. So for Brian, I'm Vince. That was the Irish Breakdown Podcast.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.